In reality television, the people are represented by two separate but equally obsessed attorneys. This is their podcast. Hi, I'm Ceci. And I'm Angela. And this is the Bravo Docket. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23. Hi, everyone. This is Ceci from the Bravo Duncan. I'm joining you from my trial space. I know I've been sort of absent from the podcast in some of our episodes because of the trials I've been involved in. So I feel like I owe you all some content. And today I wanted to do a legal brief on Giselle Bryant and Robin Dixon's trademark application and the dispute that they're in with the real Slim Shady himself, Eminem. So this is going to be a legal brief, which means it's one of our shortened, abbreviated versions of the podcast, which means we cover one topic, short, sweet, digestible, yummy little app. So here's what's going on. Giselle Bryan and Robin Dixon applied for a trademark in the name for their podcast, Reasonably Shady. When you file to register a trademark, there's a period where the board allows for people to challenge the, challenge the registration with what is called a trademark opposition. So sometimes the board themselves, the trademark trial and appeal board, will look into the application and see if there's anything that's too confusing or similar to the trademark, and they themselves will deny it because of consumer confusion. Other times, people that have trademarks that think that this one might encroach on their mark can file what is called a trademark opposition, which is what Slim Shady here filed. And this happens all the time. This is not some weird situation where Slim Shady is being shady. I mean, he himself has filed many trademark oppositions, and it's just for you to try and protect your mark. Think back to our Vineyard Vines episode. This is similar to what Vineyard Vines did against Margaret Joseph's when they were trying to just protect their mark. It happens. The way I like to see it is if, I don't know, I don't know why when I think of this period in trademark. I think of some old timey guy with a newspaper out in a square and he's like, hear ye, hear ye, Giselle Bryant and Robin Dixon. So do apply for a trademark in Reasonably Shady. And then someone else stands up and goes, no, 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 this is too close to the trademark that I have. They cannot proceed. That's what I picture. That is not how it happens here. 
It's all done electronically. And it's really smart for brands to be out there and be checking what is going on in the trademark world. It's smart business to make sure that no one else's brands are encroaching or no one else's marks are encroaching on your mark. All right. Eminem owns a mark in the word shady and the phrase Slim Shady. I think we kind of may have all known that. The shady one is a little bit surprising to me, but so what will happen here is that the Trademark Trial and Appeal Board, which is referred to as the TTAB, will look at what goods and services the marks cover and will analyze whether there is a likelihood of consumer confusion such that consumers will think reasonably shady has something to do with M&M and whether it might dilute his mark. So here's an example of what they will do. Reasonably shady was registered under a number of classes. And the classes that they applied for include, this is one of them, entertainment services, namely providing podcasts in the field of dating, marriage, entrepreneurs, motherhood, style, glam, and current event. That's one of the categories that they applied reasonably shady for. Slim Shady, on the other hand, has Slim Shady in entertainment services, namely the presentation of live musical performances by a recording artist. That's one of the many categories he's registered Slim Shady in. There's more in the petition, which I think would be interesting just to read through and provide some commentary on. So looking at those compared to each other, okay, one is entertainment services providing podcasts in the field of dating versus Slim Shady entertainment services, namely live musical performances by a recording artist. I don't see it. I don't see the likelihood of consumer confusion there. Will a reasonable consumer listen to Reasonably Shady, which is a podcast about dating and entertainment and gossip, and think that the real Slim Shady, who has the presentation of live music performances by a recording artist, will they get confused and think that Reasonably Shady is by Slim Shady? In my opinion, no. I, I, I don't really see see it. The whole idea behind this, though, is that you don't want other people to take your goodwill. So Slim Shady, Eminem, has established a following. He has people who listen to his music. The whole reason that this process exists is that people can't use a trademark that is similar enough that then encroaches on the goodwill and the fan base that Eminem has built up. He doesn't want his consumers going over to Reasonably Shady and listening to them because they think it's associated with Eminem. All right. So now let's read this. This is the amended notice of opposition. And it says, Opposer Marshall Mathers III, I didn't know he was a third, believes he will be damaged by the issuance of a registration for the mark Reasonably Shady. And here are the other categories. Eyeshadow, lip gloss, makeup, candles. Candles? Recently, Shady's thinking of doing candles. Can they stop? Can everyone on Potomac stop with the candles? Anyway, mugs, water bottles sold empty, hats, pants, shirts, socks, sweatshirts, jackets, paddle boards, entertainment services. That's the one that I read from already. That's it. So those are the categories, the classes that Reasonably Shady has stated that they want their Reasonably Shady mark to apply to. That's four different classes. Paddleboard. It must be like the paddleboards that they used in their Reasonable Shady game, which now makes sense why Giselle keeps bringing it up. She did it on Real Housewives of Potomac and then did it in the Ultimate Girls Trip, Thailand. Anyway, I digress. 
So it says Mathers is an internationally known entertainer, also known as Eminem, Slim Shady, and Shady. Do you all know him as Shady? Because I don't think I know him as Shady, but I'm not like a huge Eminem fan. I just kind of know him through osmosis from being into pop culture. From 1996 to the present, Mathers' advertising and sale of goods and services under the marks have been and are significant. Says he has invested a substantial amount of time, effort, and money promoting the name and mark Slim Shady and Shady and ensuring the high quality of goods and services provided under the name and marks Slim Shady, Shady, and Shady Limited. He says that these are recognized to be of the highest quality and are offered for sale and sold in interstate commerce. I'm going to pause right there. This reminds me again of the Vineyard Vines lawsuit where they're saying Vineyard Vines, their consumers know them as making high quality products. We don't want this other product to dilute the goodwill that we've built up by making a competing product that isn't on the same caliber as our products and then using our marks and then people get all confused. I don't think people are going to buy a reasonably shady hat and think it has anything to do with M&M. I have a feeling the design might look very different. You can get a trademark in the specific design. This is just for the word mark. So just the words reasonably shady versus slim shady, shady and shady limited. But I just, I don't see there being confusion, but let me keep going. So he has to say that his marks are valid. He has to say how he's used it through promotion for 25 years. He has come to represent enormous goodwill of Mathers. It's something uniquely associated with Mathers. It's distinctive of his goods and services, just how these marks, these three marks that he has here are just so associated with Mathers and no one else. He also is arguing that he had it first. He had those three marks first. So there's no issue of who had it first. And that is something that the T-Tab will analyze in addition to consumer confusion. All right, so count one here is likelihood of confusion. Like I just said, it trumps all. He thinks reasonably shady. So resembles opposers marks in terms of appearance, sound, and commercial impression to cause confusion and mistake to deceive. Count two is dilution. And I mentioned this earlier. So this is him saying that his marks are so famous and so well known. He's used them for the past 25 years. He's advertised with them. He's used them in the marketplace. And Giselle and Robin's filing is long after Slim Shady's mark became famous that he is going to be damaged if there is a reasonably shady out there. They're going to think it's Marshall Mathers' goods and services. So no, don't come in cringing on my goodwill. Robin and Giselle had until March 27, 2023 to file an answer, which they did. And they essentially denied everything that Marshall Mathers had in his opposition, except for the fact that they said, yeah, we did register this. We did file an application. That's the only thing we agreed to. So the court has entered a schedule for this matter, and it proceeds just like a trial would. It's just before a different governing body. Like I said before, here it's before the trademark trial and appeal board, whereas some of the other cases we've talked about have been in civil and criminal courts. This is all before the T-tab. So Discovery opened April 26, 2023. Discovery will close. They estimate that if the parties go through with everything that's scheduled here, that it will be done around September 2024. That just because of all the discovery, all the briefing, all the arguments that go on, it's, it's a whole proceeding. It's a whole, it's a whole shebang. 
So that might seem like a while, but that's just how our justice system works. Anyway, we will keep you abreast if there are any other updates in this matter. Like I said before, this is pretty standard in trademark world. Brands want to protect their brands. People are constantly registering things. The piece of advice I can give you, this is not legal advice, just piece of advice. If you're a business owner, hire a trademark attorney to do some initial searches to see if your mark might already be out there and if your mark might be in the same goods of services that you want to apply it to. Just a word of advice. And that is it for Reasonably Shady until we have an update. Sessie here again. I'm in a different setting to record another trademark dispute that I think we promised we would cover and then got kind of overshadowed by the Jen Shaw stuff and then the scandal and everything else that has come out since. And this is about Heather Gay's book, Bad Mormon, and the trademark that she applied for for the same phrase, Bad Mormon. So she filed a trademark petition for the phrase Bad Mormon, which coincided with the release of her book of the same name. She filed for this last fall, so fall 2022, and it was in the classes of mugs, bottles, clothing, shirts, sweaters, scarfs, entertainment services, namely providing podcasts in the field of religion, gossip, education, personal growth, and current events, and social issues. So there isn't a mention of books in this, but I think she filed a trademark for or maybe merchandise that she anticipated to release alongside the book. So like I mentioned before with the reasonably shady dispute, when you file for a trademark, the trademark office allows for a period during which people contesting the mark can oppose it. So Intellectual Reserve Inc. and The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, a Utah corporation, did just that. And that's actually the long-form corporate name for the Mormon church. So on October 12, 2022, the Intellectual Property Department of the Mormon Church filed an opposition petition on several grounds. The opposition is the person challenging it and saying, hey, you should not grant a trademark in this word mark or phrase or service mark because I have a mark that already exists and people in the marketplace are going to confuse the two. So the grounds on which the Mormon church filed this, there are five different grounds. First is that they have priority and that it would create likelihood of confusion, dilution by blurring, dilution by tarnishment, false suggestion of a connection with persons, living or dead, institutions, beliefs, or national symbols, and last but not least, deceptiveness. So they filed this opposition petition on behalf of a number of the Mormon church's own trademarks. Those include Book of Mormon, Mormon, Mormon Channel, Mormon Messages, Mormon Tabernacle Choir. There's two separate ones for that. And then Mormon.org. So reading from the Mormon church's petition, they say opposers, so they're the opposers here, they're Mormon marks, have been used continuously since at least as early as their respective dates of first use listed in the registrations. And that's legal speak for saying, we have been using our marks since we listed in our applications since long prior to the filing date of applicants, so Heather's, bad Mormon application. The Mormon church's marks have been the subject of extensive publicity and advertising, and they have used the Mormon marks in interstate and foreign commerce in connection with a variety of goods and services, including the sale of clothing. Many people, including church members and members of the media, refer to the church as the, quote, Mormon church, even though the official name is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. 
The Mormon Church's Mormon marks are derived from the name of an ancient prophet who compiled and created an abridgment of many historical and religious records that now comprise the Book of Mormon, which, along with the Bible, is regarded as a work of scripture and a source of knowledge about God and Jesus Christ. The fame of the Mormon marks is due in part to the fact that they have been used in connection with the performances, sound recordings, and radio, televisions, and streaming broadcasts of the 360-member Tabernacle Choir, which have been disseminated weekly since 1929 from Temple Square in Salt Lake City, Utah, making this the longest continuing network broadcast in history. So they have to put in all this history to establish that they have been continuously using it and that their reach or the scope of their reach is so broad or so well known that Heather registering a mark that's similar in words will confuse the marketplace. So that's what they're doing with all that. You know, we're really popular in the media. We have been releasing recordings publicly on radio and our reach is broad, so there's a stronger likelihood of confusion. So they claim that Heather's mark was adopted with the intent to cause confusion, tarnishment, and dilution, and to falsely suggest a connection or affiliation with or approval or endorsement by a poser or the church. So again, like with the shady issue, like I talked about earlier, they're saying that Heather is trying to create a false association between Bad Mormon and the Mormon church, which is a little bit ironic because I, I haven't read her book yet, but I can gather from watching the show that the whole reason she wrote the book was to talk about her her not fully leaving the church because she hasn't left in the same way that Whitney has, but her trying to no longer associate with the church. So the complete opposite of what they're alleging here. So on the issue of likelihood of confusion, they say that there's going to be confusion, mistake, or deception between the Mormon church's marks and Heather's mark that she's trying to register here. They say likelihood of confusion is not diminished by Heather's use of the word bad, since the teachings of the Mormon church are directed to all persons, good and bad, and one of its primary religious beliefs is that those who have committed bad acts can be redeemed through repentance and adherence to those teachings. So that's a pretty interesting argument there. They're predicting that Heather will respond and say, you know, like I just said, the whole reason she's using bad Mormon is to kind of not associate herself with a Mormon church. And they're saying, well, even if she puts the word bad in front of Mormon, it doesn't matter because we are trying to reach those bad people with our teachings. Personally, I think using bad in front of Mormon does create a sense of separateness between the Mormon church and what Heather is seeking to trademark. So since Heather has filed an answer, which we've explained before, answers are not the most substantive. You usually just admit or deny what has been laid out in the moving petition. So there's no argument here. She essentially just denied all of the allegations put forth from the Mormon church. This issue is still ongoing, so I anticipate doing a legal brief in the future on this. Just from our listeners, I've heard that the Mormon church is very litigious and protective of the Mormon name. That really reminds me of how Vineyard Vines was towards Margaret Josephs in the lawsuit that we covered a few episodes back. So if you're interested in hearing more about that, I don't see anything wrong with protecting your brands. That's within the organization's right to do. I just don't see that there is a likelihood of consumer confusion here between Bad Mormon 
and products and services that are put forth from the Mormon church. Let me know your thoughts. As always, thank you for listening. Feel free to reach out to us with any questions you might have at thebravodocket.com. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store, Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23. The Bravo Docket is part of the ACAST Creator Network.